Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Questioning a better way, one gracefully disruptive conversation at a time. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. I'm so excited to be here today. We are coming to you live at Big Up Studios in Rhino, in Denver. And we have some local Denver royalty in the house. You know I'm pumped to always have our locals. We got Lil Fresh Sam. Lil yes. Fresh Sam, welcome to the mic. Man, thank you for having me. Yes, it full transparency, it's 7.30 on a Tuesday. And this Varsity Human, I got to give a special shout out because if you listen to TNT, you know we've worked with, you know, celebs and notables and sometimes scheduling is hard. She has a flight out at 3 a.m. and she made time to come through. So, like, I got to give you a personal thank you on that. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, the gratitude and everything and the graciousness shine through. And I can tell you've done big events because I'm guessing you've managed humans and you know, like, it's constant struggle it is it's like putting out fires constantly <laughs> seriously all right well i want to jump to you fashion stylist designer creative director you have worked with the likes of iggy azalea puma the far side like big old skull candy name drops big humans but you're really passionate about working with the individual and inspiring people to kind of follow their heart and find their passion but that's not easy being an entrepreneur and being an entrepreneur in the fashion world and being an entrepreneur in the fashion world in Denver is a rising scene. Absolutely. It's the most probably hardest challenge anyone could ever uh, strive for. I believe. It's, so that's so. And you you made a way. But before we get to that, we like to unpack the human behind the mission first. So I want to hear about like young Sam. Like I heard you didn't even care about what you wore at some point. Yeah. Um, probably from like, you know, I always had like this eye for fashion. I look back at like. Four, four years old and I'm like wearing this fit I don't know whether I put it together or my mom did but it's it's funny because it looks um well put together you know and so I've always been into fashion in a weird way um I started cutting grasses at like 10 years old just so I could buy clothes and okay. shoes yeah so you had like an entrepreneurial heart like pretty early yeah was your, I, was your family like no that? Oh, no okay. no no entrepreneurs no like goal chasers I'm the first one in my family of like multiple generations Oh, interesting. What do you think like sparked the like the the fire? So I've been uh, finally been in a place where I can share about this. But what sp- what sparked the fire is um, it's crazy. But it was literally life or death. Like I got to a point in high school um, where you know I had to make a decision to like follow my dreams or go down a route I knew equal death prison you know, another statistic because I had watched my brother go down that route. And so when you have that trauma early on, it's like chasing your dream isn't really like an option. It's like, I have to do this or, you know, I could have also went the other route, but I knew what that would lead to. So I just, I had no other option. I had no choice. And um, I wanted to make something of myself. I'm always so curious on that because I always, I, you know, talk to a lot of people and I'm like, is it nurture? Is it nature? Is like, is it our parents? Is it our environment? Is it our friends? But that pivot point, I'm always fascinated. Like, what was it that made you stop and be like, I have two choices versus just continue on the path? Because a lot of people don't even have that awareness, especially as a young person, to be like, okay, like, that's it. I have, like, do you think it was just something within you that made you pause? Nah, it was uh, like two two scenarios that are very prominent that I remember. I was um, 16. I was working in a place called Roma's in Thornton, Colorado. If you're from there, you know know it. And um, I was working in, Roma's and I was 16 I'll never forget this day it was like I think one of the biggest pivotal moments of my life my mom called me and she um it was weird because back then you know we have a cell phone and you know it has mostly calling but you could still text 
And my mom decided to call a restaurant to call me. And so I knew at that moment, like something was wrong. And when she got on the phone, she had told me like my brother was dead. And I don't like, it was a very, very hard moment. And I just had to like accept it. And shortly after that, um, I was sitting in a circle with a bunch of friends and they literally asked this question and it was like the friends that I worked with and friends that I was getting in trouble with. And they were like, do you see yourself? Do you guys, we were all in a circle. And they were like, do you guys see yourselves doing this forever? And I'll ne like, again, I'll never forget that day because I, I, I remember like thinking to myself, no, like I could never see myself doing this for the rest of my life. Like that's blasphemy. Like that's so wrong. Um, that's such a waste of potential. And so you know, a mixture of events like that um, and things like that, that really steered me to think more yeah. and think that there was more, you know, than just getting in trouble and being addicted to drugs and making my parents disappointed, you know, and having them come represent me in court. Like it was it was a it was a rough childhood from like 12 to 17. I was always in trouble. Do you think I mean, but you do you think it sounds like you always had some sort of like self-worth or pride or something within you because i always feel like for myself but for young people in general coached for you know my whole life in athletics and i was curious i was fascinated by what my motivated my young people I'm like what is it because i can tell them to do stuff as a coach or like modeling by behavior leading by example is a big thing but like i think it really is something intrinsically that you either have or you don't do you think it was something like your parents instilled in you or you always just kind of had like you had this internal self-belief even if it wavered at times i think it like and it's so funny people are like um who would you be starstruck over and it would be michael jordan like that was one of my that was my role model as a kid like my only good role model you know and so i played basketball since third grade to you know high school years and my coach my coach really instilled discipline and the mentality of never giving up like i did everything to win so i think that determination is what got me right here and like allowed me to dodge all the bullets yeah, well, I'm a massive advocate of life skills through sports, through athletics, because yep. uh, I, I was very clear early on that I wanted to play sports. So I had to do school to do that. So <laughs> I was kind of learned like strategic partnerships in like I was never like the best student, but I get pretty good grades. because I was good with the teachers and like whatever. Yep. And so we did enough to play. But like most of my lessons really came through athletics. And I think that is where a lot of like, you know, the fire stayed and then you learn how to like manage it as you, you grow up yeah it's so important i yeah. i want to see more you know I, it's crazy to see lack of it you know i see way less of sports involvement in younger kids um but it, it changed my life and i would want that for every kid you know yeah. on this planet yeah i want well, i think it's too i really appreciate you sharing about your family because i think that's a hard space and i always i always get weary about even sharing on this podcast because it's like i don't want to ever tell other people's story and i think it's important because i too have addiction in my family and there's a lot you can't control, especially around the people you care about the most. Yeah. So when like really tough stuff happens, you really only have one choice and that's to like, be like, what can I pull from this that's positive? Yeah, yeah. And I think it takes time to even get to that space. Absolutely. But it is impressive though, as a young person, you had that pivot point and, and that clarity. Yeah, it was like, I think just massive pain, yeah. you know, massive pain. Like, I don't, I, I don't know how else to explain like the, where that came from, like that fire. Yeah. Um, and actually I'm in a point cause I've been thriving off that pain for, you know, 12 years since I started my brand. And so now I'm in a point where I'm like, okay, to go to the next level, I want to thrive off joy and peace and happiness. I don't want to thrive off chaos and, you know, um, 
disruption and chaotic events and like it's just not my goal anymore and um fire yeah yeah you seem like a peaceful spirit actually and it's funny because it's like bright loud colors but then like like level edge soul if that makes sense mm-hmm. to work in tequila man all the days um but I, I, it's magic that you can pull that through again have that awareness as a young person and then find the vision have you ever done your core values like or like values or like certain things that are really important to you like lifestyle wise yeah um passion yeah passion community um you know from a young age like i could never i didn't even understand it i barely am understanding it now but from a young age i was like always pulling people up with me and like i really care to see other people do what they love because i know that brings happiness you know i'll i'll never also never forget like these major moments in my life like i i worked um a receptionist job for like three years and i saved up i i remember like sacrificing um everything i could to save up money to quit my job and like that be it and full-time pursue what i loved and that made such a difference in my life and I wanted to see that for everyone else. So I've helped a lot of people do what they love. And I think that's, I don't know how to define that core value, but just helping others do what they love. Yeah. I mean, I think it's almost like community service. Yeah. Like, And the good thing about be- before you can put like language to your values is you're living it, you're walking in it without labeling it, which I think is really cool. Uh, was your family like that? Like, did you get that from your parents or? Yeah, my mom is like a, my, my mom is like an angel on earth. My right. mom, like, so I have two little sisters that were adopted when I was 12. So I got to see, you know, like I was very present and conscious for that. Um, I got to see what that looked like and saving humans at an early age, you know. I don't know. I don't know where I get it. I I think a lot of self-help and like seeking to be better also. Yeah. Yeah. I think seeing that early on, like you can, um, I don't know, bringing two people into your house is, is tough. But I think there's, I mean, there's such a beauty in that. And you get to see, I mean, you really do save two lives. Like that's pretty incredible. From really, really horrible situations. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was really cool to see, you know, and then I think that kind of came on to me and I'm just trying to save everyone, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, save save, save yourself. (laughs) Right. I've learned that too. But I do believe in a world where everything is measurables and return ROI and this and that, all the in-between, the non-measurables, you're straight up just doing good things, being gracious in, you know, the messy pursuit of life and plans fail and things change. And it's like, man, you can get so tied up in it. And as an artist, as a leader, like stuff falls back on you. I mean, we'll we'll talk about the brand here in a second, but at the end of the day, if it's your thing, you're responsible. And so it's so hard to not be like the quote unquote diva or this or get mad. And it's like, but some shit, you just can't do anything. And you have two choices. Like you can battle it or you can be like, all right, what are we going to do? Yeah. I, I look at strong, powerful women because that, that did never come easy or natural for me. Like my mom is a a very too sweet, like too nice of a person, you yeah. know, and I, I that definitely rubbed off on me and I got taken advantage of and walked all over my whole career. And so I've been studying powerful but gracious women yeah. and I love like pulling attributes I love from them. I think that's good. Well, leading by example, I mean, even seeing like Michael Jordan, that was my number in college. Like I was a big fan Um, (laughs) of white girl from the birds playing lacrosse. You know, Jordan was proud. Uh, Yeah, we're trying to, you know, Grace will disrupt back then. Um, And I, so I came, you know, loud athletic and like personality is loud. But in reality, like my leadership is more community come in, like come through, like I don't need to yell at you and be this coercive leader. I'd rather walk in it with you and be there. And that hasn't always been the leadership style 
of America, like of the corporate world. Never has it been. Yeah. Never still. I was just thinking how even in 2023, it is uncommon to see because I was walking by a work establishment the other yesterday and it was I was thinking how even architecturally they're not designed for the people making the company or running the company. It's meant for, you know, the opposite. And so Google is so ahead of their, you know, time as far as like accommodating their employees and and giving them what they need and want and deserve versus like the bare minimum, you know. So I've actually been reading a book called The Art of Power. Or the yeah. Power. Yeah. The I haven't read it, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And so it was never built off of like fairness or um, you know, or we wouldn't have billionaires and then people not being able to eat. Like there was always this separation and division. It's weird. Well, I mean, there's nepotism, and if you come from certain things, I mean, it's really hard to break out whatever you from wherever you came from, like in any capacity, yes. like one spectrum or the other. But the beautiful thing about this day and age is one of the upsides is social media and like questioning a better way, discovering a different way, having exposure on stuff that never would have otherwise gotten any media attention because it didn't fit under certain umbrellas of major media corporations. And there's all this. That's what we like to say, graceful disruption, because like disruptor is so coercive and like this, but like there's a grace to it. But you still need to fuck it up. Like you still got to mix some things up. Yes. So that, but there's a better way. Do you think creativity uh, was like a voice for you before you used your voice? Absolutely. I, I was in New Mexico. My mom gave me a um, pull or like one of those disposable cameras at like six years old, f- five years old. I was visiting my grandpa in New Mexico. And I remember like arranging my Beanie Babies as a, if they were models and like photographing them. So I've always had self-expression and like, I mean, I'm shy. My style is not, but I'm so shy. So even to wear what I feel like I want to wear has taken me so long to break through, you know? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. I think most people are like that in some capacity. And uh, like literally, we are the, we are such juxtapositions in yeah. how we are as humans. And the more we get to know ourselves and like the radical self-acceptance, which takes a long time. does. A 42, almost 43, as we discussed before getting on, I'm still learning. I'm still doing like the self-awareness and the check-in and like these breakdown and breakthroughs and like 10 lessons I learned 10 years ago are now coming back through. So yep. it, it's really hard. Uh, and I think it's just a reminder of like not to judge a book by its cover because people wear so many master layers and it's not it's almost never how it appears right yeah and that's just what it is right masks yeah, yeah. I try to wear zero masks I try to always be authentic before it even became you know trendy and cool yeah I'll yeah. never for- <laughs> that was funny I was uh, speaking for Denver Startup Week and they were like just be your authentic self and I'm like what does that even mean <laughs> you know this is like uh, like six five years ago okay. Um when it was just new, you know, and a, a new word being used. But yeah, I think authenticity is important and being having the courage to be that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, we're conditioned pretty hard early on to be a certain way. Yeah. And I think by nature, you want to fit in. Like you want to do what everyone else is doing. So, I mean, in the middle school and high school years are brutal, no matter what. Like yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's a, a, you know, a dumpster fire, like any way you shake it. And it's hard. I mean, you're young, you don't know a lot, but I think we're just so conditioned to like fit in and not stand out that like you spend like the rest of our lives kind of like taking all those layers off. Absolutely. It's crazy. It's like, um, I'm reading the fifth agreement right now too. And it's talking about that, like that conditioning, yeah. like since we're born, yeah. you know, of being told disciplined, if it wasn't what, you know, the person wanted from us, which then causes us to not want to miss, uh, mess up or make mistakes, which then causes perfectionism. Yeah. 
and man it's like so many layers yeah it's so many layers i'm i'm undoing and unwiring every day i love well said we'll, we'll have to recapture that in a, in a little clip um <laughs> So tell me about like first step, because it's one thing to be yourself. It's a whole other thing to be a business person and be an entrepreneur. I've been one for over 25 years now. And man, it is. It sounds glamorous, I think, to a lot of people, but it's not. It's really hard. It's totally worth it. Yeah. But man, pack a helmet because it is it's a jungle out there. And you're doing fashion in Denver, which we're not really like notoriously known for. So tell me about like first steps. Like what was the light bulb that went off? And it's like, I'm going to be a fashion designer. What did you do to just get started? So You'll probably see a trend. I'm very extreme. I I don't. I'm in or I'm out. I'm and so identify strongly. <laughs> Nineteen. Um, so I couldn't get into college. Um, okay. This is a funny, used to be embarrassing story. I don't really care anymore. I had such a low GPA. I couldn't get into colleges. I just told my mom because I'll tell you in a second. But I just um, I didn't even tell my mom this. I didn't tell anybody. I threw the letters away. I had applied for like two or three colleges, um, just to see, you know. And I got denied. And I threw them away. I didn't even tell my mom. And um, last week I got a call from, I can't say which one, but a university, a really big university to come speak to 700 no people. No way. Oh my God, I love this so much. And I'm like, tell, I, I call my mom and I'm like, guess what? Like, And by the way, you didn't even know, but I didn't even get accepted. And she was like, what? You know? And so I had always wanted to make my parents proud. That's what really started me and pushed me outside of not wanting to be like my brother, wanting to make my mom and dad proud was a very strong desire and determining factor for me um so 19 you know you have that really hard decision you know 18 you have that really hard decision you have to make to do what you want to do for the rest of your life like you have to make that decision which i don't understand why we're supposed to do that at 18 but yeah that's what american society says so i was like well i can't not do anything so i'm gonna go to community college i'm gonna study art and business and okay. make my parents proud because they were i was the first one to go to college in my um family Man, one quarter in, I was, I can't do this anymore. I was like, I'm paying for a guy to read me a book that I can read myself and I'm paying him for it when I could be investing that in my business. So I dropped out okay. and then I had no choice but to start the next day. I love it. I started at a little computer desk I was at um, working um, in Boulder. And so I had no idea how to start. I didn't know anything. So what'd you do? What I Googled like? how to start a clean brand. That's what's up. Yeah. Okay. And I started YouTubing. And I learned about LLCs and I, you know, started my first trademark and hired my first logo designer. And it was just all these check marks, you know, that I learned based off Google and YouTube. And I didn't know if it was correct. I just was doing it, you know, and um, I failed so many times that I finally learned how to do it the right way. Yeah. But starting in Denver was probably the biggest challenge. I totally believe that. Do you think, though, with those that many challenges early on, you think you're ahead of the game a little bit now in environments that it's a little bit, e bit easier to maneuver and, like, secure these relationships or fabrics or manufacturers and stuff? Like, are you kind of glad you went through the ringer early on so it's not as treacherous now? Yeah, yeah. I feel that in so many ways, you know, um, with fashion, with mental health, with yeah. life crises. And I feel that way all around. Yeah, I feel very ahead of my time. And that was also a, a thing that I— I've looked at as like a problem mm -hmm. because I would make these pieces here in Colorado. I would try to sell them for years. Nobody would like look at them, buy them, wear them, go to LA and they'd be like selling in 15 minutes, you know? And it's like, That's crazy. what is, so I was always thinking of something wrong with me or yeah. my designs and it was yeah. nothing wrong with me. It was, yeah. 
just the city wasn't ready for it. Yeah. Which was even more challenging. Yeah. Well, and you want to be where you came from. And it's like all your people and your home. And, you know, it's it's tough. But I think it's also good to like totally go out of your comfort zone and just weather the storm of California. Oh, man. (laughs) Tell me about that. that Tell me about those first few like experiences. It's so funny because I'm I'm getting to a point where I'm like reflecting a lot about what it took to get here. And me dropping into the if you can just imagine the suburb girl who's like very naive, doesn't know really. I've never been outside of America. I didn't know anything. I've never seen a roach in my life. Like little things that were very big deal back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I moved to a friend's, um, I become a friend's roommate in LA. He was already living there. I'm like, okay, I don't know anything. I don't know where I'm moving to. I'm just like, I'm going to do it. I had um, $2,000 to my name and I was like, I had just gotten my car totaled and that's what they had given me. Um, And I was like, okay, well, this is a perfect opportunity. I quit my job and I moved to LA. Um, Moved to the middle of Koreatown. And if you know anything about LA, that is not the place to be. And it was like a third world country. Okay. It was like me dropping into a third world country. I didn't know what, like, I was just like, like, so lost and confused. Um, And then I also like, had to deal with being poor in LA, you know, and like trying to make it and putting myself through fashion styling school and self-funding everything, you know, and it was, it was, it was, I made it through hell and back with a smile on. Do you think though, uh, or being, even being in Koreatown, did a lot of that inspire any of the fashion now? Like, was there just creative influence everywhere? No. Oh, okay. No, not at all. It was like head down. (laughs) Yeah. Like, yeah, it was a rough time. Yeah. It was a very rough time. My mom was going through breast cancer. Actually, she was just, uh, my bad. No, that hadn't happened yet. I was just trying to like get my grasp on LA and then I did. And okay. then my mom got breast cancer. So then I was pulled from LA. Well, I didn't, I chose to come back to Denver yeah. from LA and kind of like take a break um, to help her. But yeah, it, when you think you have your grasp on LA, it's like, no, you don't. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I've never lived there. I don't know. Okay. Experience by any means. My family, my dad's family's out there. So we spent time there growing up and whatnot. And then we've done work and had clients and stuff out there, but never lived it. You're not, you never know until you're submerged in it. Oh, yeah. So I, I don't know the full effects, but I know enough probably <laughs> not to get submerged into it. Yes. Uh, but I, again, I just think, you know, all those experiences add up in the scheme of things. Yep. And it kind of makes it what it is. The struggle was real, but it was like needed. Yeah. Yeah. Are you, do you have, are you big on like spirituality or faith yeah. or like, tell me about that? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I grew up Christian and, um, and as I got older, I chose to have a relationship with God and like, I continue to choose that. And it's just become greater and greater. The more I get clear on what a converse or like what a relationship with God looks like in my eyes first, like what the world tells me it should, you know? I'm just big on larger order. And it's funny as as you reflect anybody, I'm, you know, a branding person, professional. So it's like, my thing is however you package it, as long as you really believe in something bigger and you're faithful in the greater good and the greater larger order, I think you're going to be all right. And the more you reflect, I think there's so many blessings that probably look like 
travesties, but they're not like knocking yes. into college or yes. not doing this. But thank God you did it. Right. You know? Right. And did you, so when you spoke there, did you say I applied here and didn't get in? It's coming soon. Hey! January oh, okay. 2024. Okay. Yes. And I thank you for sharing that because I love my young people or any people out there to listen, to hear that because you don't have to do all this stuff you think you have to do and go into debt and do this traditional path and, and blah, blah, blah. I did all that because I, I, I got to play lacrosse. Like I mm-hmm. played in school and like that was my end game. I'm so thankful for my education. Yeah. As soon as I got out though, I was like, I, I'm done with bosses. I, we're going to do entrepreneurship. And kind of like you, I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but we're going to figure it out because I know what I don't want. Yeah. And I think when you're clear on that, like you're sitting in class and you're like, this just doesn't make sense. That's enough intel to make a move. It has to be because, you know, you only get one life and yeah. you're the only one. It doesn't seem this way, but like you're the only one deciding yeah. what's going to happen. You know, most of life happens to us and then we decide from there what happens to us. But also, you can allow outside opinions determine that. But yeah. yeah. That's not the way. Well, perfect segue. Tell me about this mental health journey. Like, how are you good about it? This wasn't a con- con- conscious conversation for me until later on in my life. Thankfully, through athletics, like you talk about meditation and stuff a little bit for sports, yeah. but nothing like mm-hmm. it is now. Yeah, man. I didn't know about mental. I didn't know the word mental health. Like, I didn't know what it meant. I've heard of it. I, yeah. I know it, but I didn't know what it meant. It was until 2020. Um, April 2020, the world had just shut down. I lost all my businesses. I was like not doing in a good financial position. And I was in Hawaii. Um, I was in a toxic relationship, but I was also in Hawaii. I had just gotten there to um, spend one month while I figured out what I was going to do. Yeah. And I'll never like I, these moments like are so important, like take such a toll on me. But I was in Hawaii, the place, you know, where we call paradise. And I was just so sad and not okay. Yeah. And I had never taken time to like feel that. Yeah. So when I'm sitting there in Hawaii, I'm like, why do I not feel okay? Like I should be happy right now. And I realized and understood for the first time in my life what depression was. Yeah. And then this is crazy. I can't make this up, but. So that day I was like, okay, well, what do I do about it? Like I started Googling things. I decided I was going to turn my phone off for for that night and I was going to turn it back on the next day. And like um, maybe that would help, you know, unplugging. I don't know. Mm -hmm. New to mental health, trying to figure it out. And um, I did that. Right. Next day I wake up. It's, um, you know, I'm like, okay, I think it's time to turn it back on. Wake up to uh, text like mini texts and calls uh, that my grandpa had died. So it took my mental health even further back. And so then I'm, you know, come to Colorado, go through the process of, um, you know, what that entails, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, moving everything out of their house, packing up all the stuff, like trying to make burial plans in COVID was very challenging and very long. So I had to get an apartment here. All these different things that led me to sitting in an apartment and like not having any choice but to learn and face what mental health was and go through and like process. Um, I never ever processed any of the trauma I had been through in my life, you know? And so there was so much, I I was a very angry person. And I, it's so funny. Cause you know, you said I'm, I come off as a peaceful person and I love that because that's my goal. I'm working really hard to become a more peaceful, loving person. Um, that wasn't always me, you know? I was a very hurt, angry kid and yeah. I didn't know how to get that out. Yeah. And so 
that's what led to you know doing a lot of um not drugs i never really i didn't ever do any drugs i just drank a lot and yeah. it tried to escape you know in any way possible um you know whether that was work or healthy ways but yeah. so that was my mental health journey and that's the start of it and i i feel like i'm forever going to be on a mental health journey from here on out you know just continually getting better and on programming and and undoing you know what had been done yeah but it's it's an awareness because life does come at you fast and it's constantly going yeah i think you know talk to a lot of people obviously because of this and just in my job in general and it's always a running theme that we have i say like my mission-driven varsity humans wherever my varsity pin is uh you know we're in it we're gonna fix it we're gonna do more we're gonna train harder we're gonna read google youtube this and like when it's time god universe madonna big Madonna fan, whatever is going to stop you and make you pause. And I think that pause, that stillness is the hardest thing in the world because you've been running, you've been moving and you can control it. And then everything hits you like a tidal wave, like everything becomes real. Yeah. And I, I don't, I haven't talked to somebody yet, like especially the super successful, like, you know, high achievers, we're going to avoid it the most and it's going to hit us the hardest. After studying so many successful people that I admire, I think that's the commonality. Yeah. Is we're all running from something. Yep. And yeah. it's like, how do we deal? Like, how do we healthily deal with it? You yeah. know? Um, so, yeah, it's something I'm still working on now that we're like back to full speed. I, I definitely take the mornings for myself. Um, first hour is like my time. I meditate. I, I read. I do, you know, as many things that it will positively impact my day and um, life, you know? Yeah, I feel that. It's it's funny how COVID kind of like checked the whole world. I mean, there was so many like tragedy pieces from it and like just disruption on like such a massive scale from our realities. And then on the flip side, like that, like universal pause for everyone was, I mean, more than needed. And some was good, some wasn't good. I mean, it's it was just clarity for better or worse. Yeah, and at the end of the day, I think I mean, like it was needed. It yeah. was needed. You know, it was hard yeah. for a lot of us, but it was needed. Yeah. We needed to face ourselves. You know, we needed to stop running and sit still so we can heal and feel um, because that's how we get better. Yeah. And my life has dramatically taken like a, a 360 since doing that. And oh, so I, totally I can that. I can fully say like my friend put it to me this way yesterday. Um, she said, we live in a culture that like only focuses on the exterior vessel. Yeah. But if, if, if we realize we're just a soul in the vessel and the soul is the one that needs to get fed, not the vessel, like that doesn't even make sense to feed the outside, but the inside is what's living. You know, it's like, um, and she, she was like, that's what's so wrong with this world and generation, you know? And it's like, that's a hundred percent true. We're over here like, I saw on a billboard the other day and I wanted to take a photo. I was driving though. Um, but it was so wrong. Like it was so wrong. It was like, do you see frown lines? Call us for some Botox. And I'm like, but let's talk about the frown. Like, yeah. why are we talking about the frown lines? Yeah. But that's that's the the world we live in. Yeah. It's so we're here for Botox. Shout out sponsor. Okay. What? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, well, not really. I actually call her. But um, it's it's the juxtaposition of being off. It's both sides. The, you got and it's not frown. bad. 
right? Well, I mean, it's it's uh, botulism, so it's definitely not good for you. (laughs) Right? Yes, yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's just where we spend the advertising budget. Hundred percent. Well, you know, do you are you into philosophy by chance? Yeah. Okay. So, like, long story short, if you're not, it's basically to live is to suffer. Like that's what it all is, and reality is nothing more than applied meaning. So the best thing about creatives is like you can be out there and you're like like through your fashion, through your voice, like you're creating reality. You take something that isn't something, model it, wear it, literally, and you know, no pun intended, and put it out there and it becomes a thing. So on the flip side of that, marketing and branding, all those billboards are creating our reality. And so especially for our young people, they're seeing that and they're like, they're thinking that's real. So it's one thing, you know, 42, 43, Botox funny, ha ha. But like, I'm a conscious adult that can understand the difference and apply balance. Yes. My young people, that's their, that's all they see. Right. There's no before and after. Kim Kardashian. Oh man. That's all they see. That's what they think is normal. Yeah. You know, another thing that I've been, I'm going to talk on very soon on my, on my, on my social medias is, um, you know, a lot of, I just have such a big heart for girls who think that the only way to get success is to sacrifice themselves. Yeah or their bodies. And I, I had to prove it myself that there was ways outside of that to like one lead and then talk about because um, it's just not a common route. You know, we see the opposite so often. And I'm like, just I, I just feel so heartbroken for these little girls coming up thinking that they have to, you know, get a butt job by the t- time they're like 14, you know, 19. And it's like, no, like you can just be a great person and ju- get just as far. Yeah. And you making know? those big decisions at such a young age, like altering yourself before you are like even grown. I mean, still figuring it out at over 40. If you're 18, man, you've got a long way to go to figure out who you are and what you really want. Yeah. And so to make some of those permanent changes early on, like that changes your heart space. Yes. Like you said, your soul. Yeah. Um, we talk a little bit on here, but uh, one of my quotes I really love is, you know, world peace, world peace starts with inner peace. Yes. And we've, we've got to get to this space where we really do like radically accept who we are. And uh, at my gym, I hear, I don't have kids, but all my like crew does. So I hear about their stories and like a lot of the kids get bullied at school and some of this stuff. And I'm like, I just wish our young people could fundamentally understand that everything that makes you different, all the weird stuff, like the things that make you stand out, it's probably intel on your gifts for this world. So like right. whatever it is, it might not make sense now. Like it takes time to come together. But like just write it down and know somewhere. That's why I ask every single person, like tell me about your young self. Because usually the writing's on the wall. Yeah. But we're conditioned to not embrace those things and the mental health stuff comes in and it's like this scary cycle of like, damn, we got to spend all this time and money to get back to right where we were where the gifts were showing Absolutely. Or thinking that like we have to title it with like these disabilities or handicap. Yeah or you know these things that handicap us like autism it's like what some of the most genius people we know are autism or you know have autism it's like um yeah I think it's about well one I I've always hated labels yeah I've always hated labels because it makes us have to judge everything Mm -hmm. um and then judgment is what makes us not want to be different I think yeah yeah. And it's this like trickle effect that is running our kids. And um, like you said, the things that make us different are like our superpowers. Yeah. We just don't know it. And we're taught that it's problems or we have we're different and it's bad and it's no. I think, though, the upside of social media is like body positivity. And some of this becomes a buzzword, especially with major corporations. Mm-hmm. And 
our kiddos get it. And they, if you have a conscious conversation with kids, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, I had a conversation today with one of the girls I trained with. Her son was like saying these remarks. I'm like, oh my God, he's like a grown man and he's 10. Like he's saying these like super aware of situations uh, and comments. And That's it's so awesome. Yeah. And I, I think our kids are questioning a better way. Like I truly am. I mean, I'm eternally an optimist most days, but I think our kids get it. And I really believe in like the power of their voice and kids question, I mean, not walking out of class and starting a business. Like, I think that happens more and more every single day. And while society might not champion that, our young people do. Like, other people view that stuff that my generation probably looks at a certain way. Our young generation doesn't. That's like, I mean, fight the power, do your thing. Like, it's just viewed so differently. So I I do think there's a shift out there in things going on. And I love that you, for your brand, and Fatshu, which I want you to talk about, it's a brand creativity, I mean, fabulous clothes, but you have like, it's like the mission and the passion behind it that is like the soul of the fabrics tell us about that yeah the the slogan is um passion in every thread and it truly is you know it it fashion and doing what i love saved my life and so just to be able to create these messages and different pieces that can in return like share that with the world yeah. is important to me and then you know after making i've I'm a, i don't know what number i'm at now but i've made f- over 450 Plus one of one jackets. Oh, okay. Saving over four hundred fifty thousand gallons of water. Hey, okay. Um, and I've been able to see this commonality that like these pieces just uplift people's spirits and yeah. make them feel like so good. And that's probably the most fulfilling part about it for me. Well, I love it. And here's the thing: so you, if you look at the big brands, you know that it works. Like people buy it; they want to be a part of something bigger. What's cool right now is. We can have intentional humans. And some of these brands are actually getting pretty intentional. They're doing good stuff about diversity, inclusion, and environmental things. And we've got people that are like startups growing their business with intentionality from the get-go. And then our young people or any people really can see the story behind that and intentionally buy from you because of that. Even if they're not super fans of the product, which I know they are, but I'm saying their intentions uh, and, and supporting the brand are almost more important than the product itself. Right. Which is like really powerful. Yes. I mean, that's like graceful disruption. It's finest because then you're disrupting the dollar which then triples into disrupting DC and like whole other podcasts. But it starts to just really like make that wave. My mentor said it the other day in a great way. She said, um, you know, if, if these people aren't going to give back, then I'm going to adjust my prices to fit the give back in my prices. 100%. And so, you know, that's something I've kind of been testing out. I love it. And, you know, right now, 20% of our proceeds go to our friends in Uganda who are like struggling to just eat every day. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, there's always been intention and purpose behind everything we do. Um, And that's only going to amplify as I get more funding because I've funded this business my whole, my whole, the whole time myself. And it's been that in itself, you know, talk about entrepreneurship, you know, and the the ups and downs and the battles. Funding is like one of the biggest um, while funding yourself. You know, but it, it was, it's been amazing and I would never um, change anything. And it's, it's, it's getting in a good place. Well, you, it's funny that you say you're shy because you got to have a thick skin to do that, especially in LA and some of these big cities. And it's like, man, you get walked over, especially as a female. Like, I mean, it's just not a lot still has not changed. And it's, it's hard to be in that space. And fashion in itself, you know, sometimes when your career, your thing is you, it's you putting it out there. It's really vulnerable. Did you, did you feel vulnerability being like, here's my creation. Like this is your, your heart space, what saved your life. And then someone's judging it and putting a dollar value to it. Was that hard for you? Oh my God. Still yeah. to this day, the hardest part. Um, Cause I create for me. Yeah. I create for me. I don't, I, 
had to start creating for others because I had to make a business that was profitable. But yeah, this was always just a self-expression like tool. And then I had to learn how to price it. And And that's a piece of it. That is really, really challenging. Like, what is this worth? Um, You know, especially some of the pieces I put so much time and energy into. And um, something I haven't talked about ever is, so when I was 12, I got hit by a drunk driver and I have really major chronic pain. And so when I'm putting my time and self into these pieces, I'm not just like, it's not just you know, enjoyment, putting myself into these pieces. It's like me literally sacrificing because it hurts so bad to make these pieces, to sit at a desk. I I can't no longer um, sew all my pieces because I can't just, I cannot sit at a desk for more than like an hour to give, um, to create the piece. So I've had to outsource a lot of that. Um, But I'm giving my all in all these pieces. So to be able to like price that was very challenging and it still is to this day. Yeah. it's gained and it's continued to elevate in price and through the business um people who have my best interest around me have helped me increase that and kind of show me how to charge accordingly but it was never easy um natural thing for me well the irony is is that we have the price point psychology i talk about a lot this a lot with some of my clients and in clients starting out and you know, when you pay a lot for something, you put more value to it. So it doesn't matter if you have two things that are exactly the same. If you get it for free and then you pay a bunch of money for it, you just automatically put more value to the thing you paid a lot for. Like you sacrificed hypothetically more for this thing. Yeah. So you have to, as a business person, put that on it because that immediately, just like you're talking about judgment, people put value to that. So if you underprice it, you don't only undervalue yourself, you undervalue the way they're going to look at it. Yes. So it's, I mean, it could be a Gucci rag or a Calvin Klein rag and it's the exact same thing. Gucci's going to win all day because people have, you know, there's notoriety to it. There's, you know, a clout to it. There's yeah. eliteness. And so it's, it's, it's really interesting thing. And I, I think that part, and it was a challenge we do, always starts with us. And if you know, I mean, if it's literally like hurting your body and your sacrifice and time and energy go ahead and put tax on that like yeah put it, it out has there. to it has to be sustainable yeah what i've been doing for the last 12 years is not and was yeah. not sustainable yeah. and now it's like at a point where i'm like okay this can't happen for another 12 years if i don't learn how to be sustainable um, you have with to scale it you know yeah yeah it's uh it's just that that leap is so hard i I, i've talked about this a little bit but did the jackets because my long-term goal is actually to build a choir which is so random but just love music feel called to do it no idea how it's gonna work but i want it to be choir music and then fashion but just super basic stuff that's kind of like black and white simple so people can kind of customize it or do whatever they want this is still just very but the for anyone that's listening like just start i literally sourced patches ironed it on glued it like basic of basic but the point is you just do it with yes. whatever you have and, and then you did that you let it, it's, it's coming out there and it wasn't it's not that it wasn't hard but it's still vulnerable being like here's this thing i created like what do you think and I don't know. It's it's tough. And it's I, I, open up for judgment. Yeah, 100%. you're literally like pouring your giving your heart to someone or to a stranger and being yeah. like, "What do you think?" Yeah, that's a good perspective. It it's wild, and it doesn't have to be perfect. Like I think you just got to start and go out there and let it be, and then just let it grow. I mean, is, is some of your stuff now pretty different from when you started? You know, that's a great question. I just had this conversation with a friend. I, you never. You're not going to start perfect, right. and. But 
if there's any future designers out there listening, I'd highly recommend, and this is what I did. I, I never compromised my quality. Be, if Even if I didn't know how to do it, I would find someone who did yeah. um, because quality was like really, really important to me. For me, it's what I thought separated an amateur from a professional. And so early, early on in my career, I was like, okay, I have to have precision on my sewing. So let me go find someone who has 25 years of experience. And I would hire them, you know, and pay their prices because it mattered that much to me. So, you know, I think, and I just heard a story from a friend who commissioned this girl to give her, you know, to buy, you know, a jacket and the quality was so poor. She couldn't wear it. And so, and, but the price was so high. So it's like, you know, you only get one first impression. Yeah. And if you give somebody a jacket and it falls apart in two days, that's not a good one. And I, I, I just value my customers. I value my quality. I value my name. There's just no. So I, quality is number one. And um, I've never, I've always found a way not to compromise that. I like that. I like that. I think that's critical. I do think the first impression is, is so crucial. But I think just starting the process, like maybe not charging yet, giving it away. Yeah. <laughs> and getting, it, getting it out there. Uh, for me, it was always like an accountability piece. Like even podcasting, if you listen to the first episode, we're on a plane and it's like, we're just going to start and like, let it be raw. But the theme was also kind of like, we got to disrupt what's going out there and shake some of the smoky mirrors. Yes. So if it looks shitty in spaces, like that's the truth. Um, but once you get to a space where you are charging, you do have customers, I couldn't agree more. Like you've got to come correct immediately, especially if you're not backed by a big brand or a bunch of cash. Like you really only have that small window to make a name. But I'd say it's that balance of don't let that hold you back from not getting out there and not just starting in general. Yes. Because you got, it's not going to be perfect round one. Right. Um, And just start. Yeah. Don't let that stop you. Yes. Yeah. Do you look at some of your, your first initial pieces now and be like, like, what's your, what's your vibe on it? Um, There's a few pieces I recently just found in storage that were like, I was still sewn really well, but because of my lack of like construction and knowing like silk doesn't go well with jersey knit or like different things like that they they didn't go they their their turnout wasn't as good the sewing was still good and you know i made this first collection with a woman who i just met through a, a mutual friend and she didn't speak english and i didn't speak spanish so i always like laugh about this first collection i ever made because it's like a miracle um the fact that it even happened yeah from there on um they got better and i found someone that i can work really well with and so you can see that in my work um i also think that some of my older designs were more innovative because i didn't allow things that i know now lack um block my creativity like for example like production or price or market yeah you know i think about those things as i design now but you know, 16-year-old Sam would just go in my bedroom and like design something that came to my imagination, whether I knew how to make it or not. Yeah. And some of those designs were my favorite. I love that. Well, you're an identity. Like there's no filters there. Like you just, and that's, that's the best. I want to get back to that. Hell yeah. Uh, I did my core values a long time ago. I actually got to redo them and I'm a, I'm a big, I'm not like a big personality tester type, but like values I think are good. And any, if you can do any free test out there, it's just like any indicator, but it was like honesty, independence, and creativity. And the first two were obvious, like, cause you know, I care about transparency is really big for me, like in anything, hence we had to disrupt 
smoke and mirrors and independent, super independent human. But creativity was like something like, I didn't know that mattered to me as much as it did. And I think the more I got in line with my mental health and like calming and not being so busy and like the more the creativity flows. And I still struggle with this. Do you think the more you became spiritually aligned or mental health dialed in, do you feel like that opened up the passageways for the creativity to flow? You know, my flow comes best when I have time. Okay. So when I have time, money, and nothing on my calendar. Yeah. Um, that's <laughs> money <when> always helps. Because <laughs> <laughs> then I don't, like, you know, the entrepreneurial life, you're always having to, like, worry about, oh, that gig I have next week. Yeah, or yeah. Um, So what I would do is I would block off, like, two weeks um, and just create and, like, not put anything on my calendar. I, I, I'm able to get in this flow of, like, imagination and focus where I can just pour out. Um, but then, you know, it's really hard for me to go from, like, bookkeeping or not bookkeeping but like admin work to creativity my brain doesn't switch that quickly anymore yeah I like to just take my time and like get in it get in the flow that makes total sense I mean you you look at any like the big albums or music artists like it is kind of like this lockdown where you've got to like seal off the world and then just stay in it yes I've never done two weeks I actually might try that like you know, budget and time right. schedule willing. Right. Um, but definitely like eight hours at a time to just like be in a flow, like drawing or writing or thinking or like. Or even seven days. Okay. Or I think five. Five to seven is okay. really We're good. Negotiating. <laughs> <laughs> well, like whatever is impossible. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. five to seven, I think is a really good number because like, man, I just went to, I took my first vacation in three years. Okay. I went for seven days. The first two days, my friend was like, you're on vacation. Why are you still like following a schedule? And it wasn't until like the third day that I had like a regulated nervous system. And then the next few days I could like think straight and like unwind. But it's like we just were we have so much um, expected from us on the day to day to like. Unwind in one day, you know, or be in that flow state in one day. So I allow like two days to get out of the like nonstopness and like go, go, go. Ner- regulated nervous system then create I, I think that's such like wise intel because no matter how aware and spiritually and faithful that you get like if you get in certain environments you can't not be like that and that's working with influencers I see it all the time and I'm like doesn't matter how conscious or where you think you are if you're around it you're going to become it yes. and it, it's that constant and if you're in it this is your job you're in Hollywood and New York and these energy things which I actually I love and then I got a retreat and then just like pet dogs and yes. be away <laughs> And chill. grass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So tequila and grass. Do the things. Uh, but it's that constant awareness. You talked a little before we jumped on the mic about being in L.A. and that scene and having a little bit of experience with it, you know, being some of the commercial lots in the studios. And how do you balance all that? Because you got to be in it to be like exposure. Like it's this, you know, devil and angel you got to be in the mix of. It's I'm, I'm still trying to figure that out. I've had to remove myself for the last year from it because you know, kind of like we were talking about, it's like you you become that. Yeah. And there was many times where I had to check myself, like you're becoming an LA person, yeah. you know, but it was out of survival. It was out of LA, man, LA is a rough place. And I, I don't think a lot of people realize what you have to go through to live in LA today. It's like surviving a third world country, um, specifically downtown LA. And that's where I would spend most of my time and live um, because it's close to the fashion district. But I have to like step over you know, human feces and like h- hope that like this homeless person isn't chasing me to into the fabric store. That's how serious it is. And, you know, I lived down the, I lived in downtown LA a year ago and um, 
I had to escape it. Like it was literally a very conscious decision to escape it because I couldn't imagine who I would become if I kept, if I stayed there. Mm-hmm. Um, so desensitized, so on guard, so you know cold because I had to be. I had to be firm, and I had to like you know watch over my back twenty four seven. I would walk my dog around the block, and I would be yelled at or threatened, or you know, it's just not a good feeling, not a good place to have peace. And so I really, really, really needed peace. And I was like, I'm going to move where I don't know where that is. But I actually went through a weird scenario where I had like black mold in both houses I lived in. Oh, So like January, I had to move out for renovations for black mold. Okay. Come back from tour. I lived in a hotel for three months, went on tour for another three months, come back. And I'm like, I just need a home. Yeah. I move into a luxury apartment in downtown LA and two weeks in, I'm sick. My dog's almost dying, like black mold again. And so it was like, this disruption that needed to happen to get me out of there. So the universe is pointing you in a direction. Yeah, it wow. needed to happen. And um, it was really good because taking a step back from it has helped me realize like, I don't have to choose it. This whole time I've had to go to LA. I had to live there because that was the closest place for me to excel yeah. in my career and make livable wages, you know, yeah. get booked on Netflix or you know, these high-end brands or um, people, red carpets, none of that exists here. And so it was always, I had to live there. And I put in eight years there and I, I really wanted to choose. Yeah. Do you think that you can um, do things now not living there? Like, do you have fear of that? Like not being in it? You know, what's been the most incredible thing is like, this is how God works. Look, January, 2022 is when I had to get out of my apartment or my current home for the first black mold round. Well, that time I was booked um, by the far side. They, I, okay. I didn't know who they were. You know, I had heard of them. Oh, but really? I didn't, yeah, I didn't know okay. who they were. I just, nice I never had a client, yeah. you know, yeah. from them. And they were referred to me by someone here in Denver. Hey, okay. And so they were like, hey, we're about to go back on tour. Like we need a tour flyer. They didn't, their manager did. We need a tour flyer. I was like, okay, cool. Um, bring these looks, style them on the beach. Cool guys, you know, great time. Killed the shoot. They were very happy. And then, um, Maybe a month later, they're like, they call me and I'm in a hotel, living in a hotel at this point. This. Yeah. They're like, hey, or, you know, the manager's like, hey, will you go on tour? Would you want to go on tour? I'm like, nah, that's not what I do. You know, because I, I had never sold merch. Okay. I'm not a merch seller. Like, that's not what I do. Um, Even for my own brand, like I would struggle selling my own clothing set up because that's I just very uncomfortable. I'm shy. All those things. So I was like, nah, it's not not for me. And then I was like, but if you guys could do this number, like I can, I can make it happen. And then they came back and they were like, all right, we'll do it. So that was my first tour with them. And it changed everything for me. Um, I've been now two years in working with them, touring. I leave tomorrow for another tour date. Oh my gosh. Um, We go to Europe in like another week after that. Um, But so what I've learned is working with the right people will take you further than you could ever go with the wrong people. And I was, LA is a weird place. It's it's a great place, but it's like this hustle and bustle for like meeting the right people. Everybody's like, it's so fake and oh, it's horrible. It's like, everybody's like trying to be cool and like find the richest person and talk to the person with the most followers and like vet you before they even ask your name or, you know, it's like, I hated it. Yeah. I hated it. I w- yeah. That's not who I am. And I, it was very hard for me to be around that. So I decided, I, ch- I chose and 
promised myself I would never just work for anyone. Um, after working for a specific celebrity, I won't even name, um, who treated me very badly and just, you know, that's just how the industry yeah. is. You yeah. know, you're like a servant to them. Yeah. And I didn't like that. So I was like, I'm going to choose who I work with going forward. And I chose um, the far side and they've been a great client. That's and what's so, up. Yeah. That's so awesome. And and even like the power like this, like you might be a Fireside fan, whatever. People will be like, oh my God, because I heard they're so cool. I'm going to go check it out, which they are dope. You they know, are so dope. Um, that's so cool. And like, that's, I think the, the the pivot point for society in general is like the truth's coming out. Like things are happening. You can't be an asshole any longer and get away with it. Thank and then God. be revered by the public. I mean, you still kind of can for a lot of them, but I mean, not really. Like, yeah. People can dig. People are talking. People yeah. are posting. Yes. I mean, more now than ever, we're seeing. And this is what I was facing, like, but I couldn't talk about it. Yeah. You know, is like all these sexual assaults. I, I Thank God I dodged all the bullets. But I've been in so many positions where I, I it was very close, yeah. you know, and I got manipulated and I got like um, put in these horrible situations with my passion used against me simply because a man cannot just handle his position and power the way he was supposed to, you know? Yeah. And so, it, yeah, I got really drained from the industry and working in, in Hollywood because it just doesn't align with anything that I do. Yeah. Well, it's only, you can only go so far into like it, the values and like, if you can't fully like qualify or quantify it, like you just know it doesn't feel right. That will grow and grow and grow. And that will physically like manifest in like yes. your liver or your, your voice or, you know, all these other things. You're just not going to feel well being in that, which those kinds of, I mean, that, toxicity and its status quo like it's acceptable for those things to be like that yeah it's it's really dark and you get desensitized you got to keep your feet on the ground to get out absolutely and have discernment and ha and and lead with your heart not with you know money or these other intentions and things that people desire yeah you know pe i've seen people do anything for money or anything for fame and i just i, I never wanted uh to be a part of that i, ne I didn't start this journey to be either or those yeah. you know so that helped a lot stay on track yeah. um, because I think if if I had the intention of like wanting to be famous or rich I would probably in a, be in a different place yeah because you really have to be guided with with values and morals and and real goals not just I want to be famous you know yeah well I mean you just have to be mindful of your power nowadays and not to fear it because the best thing uh, like really the term influencer has gotten so so negative but like inspires is better than like influencer I love that but yeah and if and if you're intentional about that and maybe you don't want to be in the limelight and do all this and if you are good about it you're good with your power you're personally responsible you lead with core values get in front of it that's a, that's what our world needs to see so yes. I do think it's that pivot point of like yes. understanding and keeping good people around you but man step into the light use your voice take that stage like be in it yep. and tell the college that you didn't get in that now look who's laughing right and like say the most because like now's the time yes so if you can be grounded be in it and those people I think never have the intention of doing things for fame I think yeah. they have the intention of doing things for impact yeah and so yes. that's the difference and you can really tell and feel when people have good intentions yeah so I think, yeah, absolutely. And um, what a great time to be alive. Yeah. Oh, man. See, and, and I like that uh, you can be transparent because some people still tiptoe around like the L.A. conversation and be like, it's glamorous because there's fear of like, I'm going to get cut off. Tom Cruise's 10th assistant isn't going to like me at all. Like, I'm but, tired of feeling <laughs> fearful. Yeah. And feeling matter. like. I have to do this or I have to do that or I can't say this. I felt that my whole career. Yeah. I'm just trying to be me. And like, I don't care who doesn't resonate or feel that, yeah. you know? Amen. 
that's the only way to go. I mean, back to your like six year old self or whatever it was, like just doing the imagination version of, you know, creating your reality through fashion. That's kind of it. It is. You know, that's like the happy space. Yeah. I, 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 I see a future for myself that like doesn't run off time. Like I was on a phone with one of the members of the far side and they were like, I'm like, what day is it? Like, that's awesome. I don't even run. I don't <laughs> run off like the standard things that we run off of in America. Um, and I don't want to. Like I see a life like living on an island like just so far detached from this society and the way things are supposed to be. Yeah. Um, and just living a life that I want to. I love it. You know, the irony is going to be like, you're going to be doing that. And yet your brand is going to be like mainland inspiring and shaping. And I think it's going to be a perfect like one, two punch of like total opposites. You yes. Know? Like that's awesome. Yes. <laughs> and I, I will have deserved that, you know, by Hell that yeah. point. Um, you know, I took a one week vacation after like, I don't know, like seven years of nonstop work. And so like the next one is going to be like a month and then it's just only going to grow. You know, I love it. I love it. Cause well, uh, downtime is important. Hell it, it is. It, and on that note, what do you, what do you see next? You got in fat you, you're public speaking, you're doing, I see you're, you know, doing creative directing, like more on the business side. What, like what's next? Like, what do you really want? <sighs> That's been the question of like my last two months to yeah. myself, you know, taking time to sit on a beach and really literally ask myself that question yeah. and choose not what I have to say or what I have to do but what do I want to do yeah and you know um philanthropy work and speaking in schools and being a motivational speaker or whatever title whatever you want to title um just speaking and and inspiring and sharing this light is very important to me um so influencer yeah whatever okay yeah. I'm like call no, I'm it whatever totally like, I hate shit. that word too but like call <laughs> it whatever <laughs> um definitely like making my clothing brand will be all over the world um i have a lot of plans for that but as i know this far in life like nothing goes as i plan yeah. and so i'll plan as much as i can and then surrender to the rest but i have a lot of big plans for my brand um still to continue and um be worldwide i go i'm getting ready to go to berlin um in a couple weeks and that was the first place i had ever had someone order my brand from oh yes okay, yeah so full, full circle yeah so full circle and it's cool and i only want to see that increase um i want to style the people i want to on global stages all around the world and i want to be able to like do whatever i want whenever i want Hell yeah. and not be held down by anything yeah and in that that can be profitable and building mental health, building community, like being your most purposeful version of yourself. Yes. All of it's possible. Yes. I love it. That's amazing. Uh, wh where do we, where do we find you? Where do, where's the brand? What's, or is it in Denver stores by chance? So because of the pandemic, I pulled all my stuff out of stores okay. like in 2020, um, getting ready to put some stuff back in stores. I don't know where I'm looking. So okay. anybody that have great stores here in Denver, hit me up. Um, I'm, I'm being particular because, you know, as my brand is, it's very particular. Yeah. And so it can't really just fit anywhere. But we have these really amazing Denver inspired pieces yeah. from the Denver Nuggets winning last year. And so I'm excited to put those in the stores somewhere. I feel like those would be flying off the shelf. Like, yeah. I think people need to, you know, my brand's always very been very hard to sell online. Yeah. It's a more in-person personal piece because yeah. people want to put it on, fill it, especially the investment. You know, they, they want to make sure it fits and all the different things. So I think once I put it in stores, they're not I'm not going to have any left. Right. That's typically what happens. 
Um, and then you can also find me at Little Fresh Sam on all platforms, littlefreshsam.com. And um, find me out in the streets. I'm, I'm getting ready to go back and speak more. Let's go. I'm, I'm excited to be, um, yeah, connecting with people again. I love it. Uh, check out her. I'm glad we got to talk a lot about you, the human behind the brand. Not that you're here to sell that, but I honestly think that will be your best sales point because I think people will love the apparel, but I think they'll appreciate you as the human and they'll want to rock the brand because of that almost more than the apparel. And that's not just to discredit the talent no, absolutely. at all. It's just to credit the human that much more. And I think that's what we need in our world. Thank you. Nowadays. Yeah, 100%. Uh, last question. What is success to you? Happiness. What is Freedom. Um, happiness. That's a great question. What is happiness? No, you know, I feel a lot of like a lot of um, weight on my shoulders. I feel a lot of pressure. I feel a lot of fear. I feel a lot of um, a lot of things that aren't that don't feel good. And I would imagine that happiness doesn't feel any of those things ever. Okay. Um. And then I would imagine that freedom also doesn't feel any of those things. They don't feel, it doesn't feel weighed down by anything. Time, free, like money, um, people, anything. There's nothing that could weigh freedom down. And so that's what I would imagine success is like, you know, being able to wake up and like decide what you want to do that day. You could go to Bahamas or, you know, and take your family with, like, I want to have no bounds, like not be bound by anything. I love it. I feel like it's a true creative at heart. Yeah, <laughs> I, I am a true creator at heart. The oh, more yeah. I listen to like true creators like Basquiat who were painting trash, like I, that's me. I love it. Well, dude, ironically, you're like such a student of the game and the game being life. Like you're reading the books, you're doing the things like <laughs> school, all the, all the school college wasn't ready for you. Like that was, <laughs> that was a stepping stone. Yes. That's I great. care. I care. I want to be my greatest self, you know, oh, yeah. come from being the opposite. So I'm like, what can I achieve? Like, who can I be? You know, just it, it literally gets me out of bed in the morning every day. I love it. Well, the embrace, I love that you say that because like the more we embrace the adversity, the more it makes us relatable to people and that we can lean in and then relate back to them. And so like all the hard stuff is really a big piece of the puzzle. Oh, it's so important. Yeah. Think about how many people we can help through what we've gotten through. Yeah. That's why we got went through it. Absolutely. And I appreciate you taking time to come on the show, to lean in and get personal. Straight up, she's flying on a flight tonight. Well, tomorrow morning, technically. This human's on the move as she's talking about peace and freedom. <laughs> it's coming. But I, I sincerely appreciate you and you lean in. And I think this is what our world needs. So yeah. our audience is, is humble but growing. And we have some good movers and shakers. But I think, I know, I have faith, we've got the right people listening. So I'm so glad that your voice yeah, is on Yeah, keep doing what you're doing. This is needed. We try. Literally, the reason I'm here at, at, right now, I'm going to get less sleep because of it. But I yeah. care about mental health so much. And anytime somebody reaches out to me with that intention or that's some of the, one of their values, like I, it's a no, non-negotiable. I'm there. Oh, that makes me so happy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I slide in the DMs. I tell people and like, you never know it's going to come back. Truly gracious. So, I mean, and people know I tell the truth. So um, <laughs> I really appreciate that. And I love that that is at the forefront of the brand and the mission. Yeah. It's going to be everything. Yep. It's a challenge this year. Do as many speaking engagements and podcasts or any interviews, whatever. Get out there. As possible. I love it. I Thank love you it. for having me. Yeah, I so appreciate it. Maybe like down the road, we'll have you in and we'll have you bring a bunch of apparel because we're okay. leaning so much into video and we'll have it shown. Yeah. Because um, I think it's so cool for people to see the creativity and the intricacies of the fabrics and everything else. So yes. it's really cool. The most important part. 
All right. Go check her out. I appreciate you. Good luck on the tour. Um, and be sure to watch this video and go see her stuff online. Yay. Thank you for joining Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Tune in next time. And don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.